This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, first thing I'd like to say is happy Mother's Day to all you mothers who are here and all you mothers who are joining us online. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Happy Mother's Day to my mom sitting on the back seat over there as well. What I'd like to talk to you about this morning is the trademark of a great mother, you know, and and other people. But this is a trademark. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so important that we honor mothers. Did you know that the Bible says, honor your father and your mother so your life will be long and things will go well with you? Do you know that? That's what he tells us in his word. Did you have something you were going to say? Nope. Okay. You sure? I don't want her to kick me under the table or anything around <laughs> over here. Just teasing, guys. Um, you know, I'm going to be kind. You're going to be kind. Mothers are changing the world, and they are true history makers. They genuinely are. And we know when it comes to Mother's Day and Father's Day and things like that, there's some situations and some families that may not have been so perfect. But God has role models and he has guidelines and he instructs us in his word about moms. He, he genuinely does. One day a little girl was sitting and watching her mother do the dishes at the kitchen sink. She suddenly notices that her mother had several strands of white hair sticking out of her brunette head. Why are some of your hairs white, mom? She asked. Her mother replies, well, every time you do something wrong and make me cry or unhappy, one of my hairs turns white. The little girl thinks about this a while and then asks, so how come all of grandma's hairs are white? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And little guys are pretty smart, aren't they? They absolutely are. Somebody said it takes about six weeks to get back to normal after you've had a baby. That somebody doesn't know that once you're a mother, normal is history. Somebody said you learn how to be a mother by instinct. That somebody never took a three-year-old shopping. Somebody said being a mother is boring. That somebody never rode in a car driven by a teenager with a learner's permit. Somebody said good mothers never raise their voices. That somebody never came out the back door and saw their child hit a golf ball through the neighbor's kitchen window. Somebody said you don't need an education to be a mother. That somebody never helped a fourth grader with their math. Somebody said you can't love the fifth child as much as you love the first. That somebody doesn't have more than one child. Somebody said a mother can find all the answers to her child-rearing questions in the books. That somebody never had their child stick beans up their nose. Somebody said the hardest part of being a mother is labor and delivery. That somebody never watched her baby get on the bus the first day of kindergarten. Somebody said a mother 
can do her job with her eyes closed and one hand tied behind her back. That somebody never organized seven giggling Girl Scouts to sell cookies. Somebody said a mother can stop worrying after her child gets married. That somebody doesn't know that marriage adds a new son or daughter-in-law to a mother's heartstrings. Somebody said a mother's job is done when her last child leaves home. That somebody never had grandchildren. Somebody said your mother knows you love her, so you don't need to tell her. That somebody isn't a mother. Somewhere between the youthful energy of a teenager and the golden years of a woman's life, there lives a marvelous and loving person known as mother. A hey, mother? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> A mother is a curious mixture of patience, kindness, understanding, discipline, industriousness, purity, and love. A mother can be at one and the same time both lovelorn counselor to a heartsick daughter and head soccer coach to an athletic son. A mother can sew the tiniest stitch in the material for that dainty party dress and she's equally experienced in threading through the heaviest traffic with a station wagon or a van. A mother is the only creature on earth who can cry when she's happy, laugh when she's heartbroken, and work when she's feeling ill. A mother is as gentle as a lamb and as strong as a giant. Only a mother can appear so weak and helpless and yet be the same one who puts the fruit jar cover on so tightly, even dad can't get it off. A mother is a picture of helplessness when dad is near and a marvel of resourcefulness when she's all alone. A mother has the angelic voice of a member of the celestial choir as she sings bronze lullaby to a babe held tight in her arms. Yet this same voice can dwarf the sound of an amplifier when she calls her boys in for supper or cheers them on at one of their ball games. A mother has the fascinating ability to be almost everywhere at once, and she alone can somehow squeeze an enormous amount of living in an average day. A mother is old-fashioned to her teenager, just mom to her third grader, and simple mama to little two-year-old sister. But there's hardly a thrill in life that can compete to pointing to that wonderful woman and be able to say to all the world, that's, that's my, my mother. That's my mother. And I do that again. My mama is sitting in the back seat over here, the very back one, and she's my mama. She is. And this August, she'll be 91 years old, you know? Absolutely. Thank you. There's two questions. I want you to consider what's the trademark or the, the stamp or the seal of a great mother and what's the greatest gift you can give a mother for Mother's Day? The answer for both questions is found in one word, kindness. The trademark of a great mother is kindness. The greatest thing you can do for your mother is be kind to her. In the uh, book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourself. Uh, let me ask you, 
How many have clothed yourselves before you came to church this morning? Seven hands went up. How the rest of you get dressed, you know? Yeah, we keep putting it on the wrong side. Uh-huh. I'm going to clothe myself. things behind your back. It's an acquired skill. <laughs> Mothers can do it? I would offer, but I offered other services and he said, no, no, no. The guys are cheering me on. You can do it, Pastor. I know you can. You can do it. It's just an apron, you know. Okay. And I disclosed myself with kindness. And really, we find this in the Bible. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness. Can, can you see kindness up there somewhere? Yep. yep, you're close with it. Yeah, well, I'm kindness. looking. My beard is blocking it out when I try to see it there. No, I'm not going to cut it off right now. But I might wait one day. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, kindness is something that you do. Kindness is love that has been put into action. That's what kindness is all about. And, you know, mamas are notorious about changing this world, and there really are writing history by their acts of kindness, you know? You clothe yourself in kindness. It means you put kindness into practice is what we're talking about. So dedicate yourself to being a person of great kindness. I think we, we see that demonstrated in so many mamas that we can follow that example. And there's a false standard of measurement. And uh, we're going to talk about it just a wee bit. There's a little boy who came running to his mother shouting, Mother, I'm nine feet tall. His mother responded, Don't talk such nonsense. But he said, I really am nine feet tall. I measured myself. Well, how did you measure yourself? Asked his mother. I took off my shoes and I measured myself with my shoe. It is the same size as my foot. And I am really nine feet tall. With a smile... The mother replied, now I understand, but I have to tell you that you, your measure was not the right measure. We don't measure ourselves by the size of our own feet. We must use a 12-inch ruler. And then Paul reminds us of something in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 12 says, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves is not wise. So we're using the wrong measure when we compare ourselves with others. And I think it's especially a tendency in the days that we're living in with social media. You know, I've talked with a lot of younger moms and even older moms and grandmoms, 
And when they read about what everybody is doing, you know, with their kids or their grandkids, and because everybody posts it on Instagram and Facebook and all these things, and sometimes it gets, you know, if you start comparing yourselves with others, you start to think, boy, my life is a mess, or I'm not doing anything right. And the scripture says that comparing ourselves with others is not wise. God has created you uniquely. He's given you the skills to be who you are. And if you're a mom, he's given you the the blessing of being the mom to the children that he's given you. And he's given you the gifts and the talents that you need. Whether anybody ever sees it on social media or not, you're living your life before God. And that's what really matters. And you're giving your love and your life to your kids. And that's what really matters. Whether anybody else applauds you or likes you or follows you or friends you or whatever... Comparing yourselves amongst yourselves are not wise, is not wise. So live to be who God created you to be because you're special. You're one in a million. There's none, no, none other like you. And your kids need you for who you are. Your grandkids need you for who you are. God gives us the guidelines you know, for us to follow. Men and women, he gives us the guidelines and he teaches us and he instructs us. As we continue on in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, You must make allowance for each other's faults. Isn't that what mothers quite often do? They make allowance for their kids and all as they're teaching and training them. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Isn't that what mothers also do? And it changes this world in which we live in, and they are making history goes on, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must. And, and must is a very powerful word. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know, we'll, we'll always reap the things that we sow. And there's a song that I uh, had heard and used to sing when I was a kid. You know, I don't know if anybody hears it nowadays or not, but it went like this. Let me be a little kinder, let me be a little blinder to the faults of those about me. Let me praise a little more. Let me be when I am weary, just a little bit more cheery. Think a little more of others and a little less of me. And isn't that what mothers do? Why don't you read the rest of the words to that? Let me be a little braver when temptation bids me waver. Let me strive a little harder to be all that I should be. Let me be a little meeker with the brother that is weaker. Let me think more of my neighbor and a little less of me. Let me be when I am weary just a little bit more cheery. Let me serve a little better those that I am striving for. Let me be a little meeker with the brother that is weaker. Think a little more of others and a little less of me. The trademark of a great mom is often just like the trademark of God himself. And we're talking about kindness. And the scripture tells us often about God's love and kindness. He is kind to us. Lots of people, you know, think that God is upset with them, but he's not. God demonstrates kindness at every opportunity. In Psalms 106, verse 7. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. 
they soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Hmm. Think about that. It's kind of easy to forget things in this world in which we live. Oh, I forgot that. And it's easy to forget the acts of God where he has worked miraculously and he has been kind to us in so many areas of our life. And it's easy to forget the kindness that our moms have showed us over the years. We can forget those things, but don't, but we can. I want to give you five words to help you become kinder. You know, these are elements of kindness. And the first one I want to talk about is to be sensitive. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble. Be humble is talking about really being sensitive. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others. And, and that sounds a whole lot like moms, is being interested in others. Now, I don't know if you ever use these things. They may be somewhat obsolete nowadays. This is what they call radio, you know. Y'all familiar with radios? Yeah. They still have radios around? In the cars, Yeah, especially. in the car. Okay. Well. Not just a unity, but he wanted us to love one another just as he and the Father were one. So not just that you would say, okay, I'll accept Francis as a this is not take. Or, uh, you know, a fellow Christian. No, 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 no. His prayer was that we would be one. As how about that? This is the Christian station. You don't know how long it took me to find I had to keep tuning and tuning and adjusting and tweaking and all to get that on the Christian station. But you know what? We need to tune in and learn to be sensitive. We really do, you know, to the people who God has brought into our life. He says, don't think only about our own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they're doing. Remember, everybody around us is having a tough time in some area of their life. Is that true? Yes. You ever have a tough time? Mm -hmm. Has anybody here had a tough time this past year? Yes. Anybody had a tough time this past month? Yes. What about this past week? Yes. I'm not even going to go as far as today, you know, because that's <laughs> for the past 15 minutes because that might be tough sitting in her service or something. No, but there is really lots of things going on and sometimes we're not sensitive enough to let God use us, you know, to encourage and comfort and, and to help people. That's what he wants to do. The number one, you know, cause that's keeping us from being kind is just being too busy. And if we are too busy, you know, to be kind, you're just too busy, you know. What are the three greatest emotional needs of the people closest to you this past week. Think about it. What are the three greatest emotional needs of the people who are closest to you this past week? If you care, you'll become aware. But you got to be sensitive to become aware of the needs of people. One mother described how her teenage daughter taught her the power of listening. One evening after dinner, her daughter was especially disappointed and depressed about a situation at school. Although she was tired herself, 
The mother sat and she listened as her daughter poured out her concerns. As the daughter continued, the mother wondered to herself, what can I possibly say to help her? I feel so powerless right now. While she listened attentively, unable to come up with any words of comfort or wisdom, the daughter paused and said, thanks for sitting with me, Mom. I feel better now. And that was the end of it. The daughter's whole outlook on her situation had changed. And the mother had done the very thing the daughter needed the most. She listened. She listened. So we need to be sensitive and we need to be willing to listen. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was. How full of love and kindness. You know, lots of times people think that God's mad at them, but says, you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was. And see, kindness is genuinely love in action. That's what it's all about. Though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. And Jesus, he left his riches in glory, and he came here, you know, to to forgive us of our sins and to provide a place in heaven for us. And we're talking about a, a sacrifice for others that Christ made. And that's what we see in mothers so often that mamas make all kinds of sacrifices for their own children and for other children as well. That's the heartbeat of many a mama. And it changes the world. And it really, you know, it makes history. The, the first two of the five elements of kindness was sensitive, and number two is supportive. Proverbs 16:24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Uh, hold on just a second. You know, I really take advantage of eating at every service if I have opportunity to do so. Did you bring a spoon? You know, I had a finger a long time before I ever had the use of a spoon. Would you read that verse again? Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. It says, healthy, honey is healthy for the body? And so are kind words. I'm sorry I couldn't hear you. <laughs> you hearing something out there? Yeah. He said you're supposed to share. Well, you know, you think about it. It genuinely, he says it right here. Kind words are like honey. Kind words are like honey. They're sweet to the soul. Do you give kind words to people? Who's in your sphere of influence? Or do you give unkind words? Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. That's what it says. So honey is healthy for your body, but the Bible says kind words are healthy. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. It's healthy for your body. Kind words are. Proverbs 15, verse 4 says, Gentle words, kind words, bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 
Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, the tongue can kill or nourish life. And, and you may remember, I've shared some of these principles years ago, but there's what we call a, a balcony person. And a balcony person is, is from up above, and they're always pulling people upward. They're always encouraging them, and they're pulling them upward. But there's another kind of a person that's in this world, and they're a basement person, and they live in a dark and a dungy and a, a damp and a moldy place, and they're always got something to say to pull people down. They just want to pull people down, and, you know, misery loves company. You do know that, you know. But, and I ask you, where do you fit in this scenario? Are you a balcony person always pulling people upward, or are you a basement person always pulling people down? You know, in the great chapter uh, of uh, Proverbs, where it talks about the virtuous woman, Proverbs 21, listen to what it has to say. In verse 26, when she speaks, her words are wise, and kindness is the rule when she gives instructions. The Bible says that kindness is the rule of a mother when she gives instruction, or the virtuous woman, whether she has any children or not. But kindness is the rule when she gives instructions. Have you ever seen somebody instructing somebody, no, don't do it that way, do this. That's not kind, is it? No. But the Bible says kindness is the rule when she gives instructions. And let's read that out of the King James Version. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. And really that's in her heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the tongue, will speak. And you're changing the world in which you live. And you're, you're making history. You know, if God had a contest, and think about this, how it relates to you. If God had a contest and he said, I'm giving you a dollar for every kind word that you said last year. And I'm going to take away a dollar for every critical word or negative word you said last year. Would you be rich or poor? Think about that for a little bit, you know? Kind words offer great support. And that's what we were talking about in these uh, elements of kindness. The third element of kindness I want to talk about is to be sympathetic. You know, kind people share in the emotions of others. Listen to what it says here in the Bible, Romans 12, 15. When others are happy... Be happy with them. If they are sad, share their sorrow. Hmm. Have you ever experienced that? When you were sad, someone was sad with you. When you were happy, they would come alongside and they were happy with you. And you know what? Uh, a, a joy that you share with somebody is twice as good if you, as if you only shared it by yourself. You know? And a sorrow is... Only half of a sorrow when you share that sorrow with someone else. Now imagine if you were a fisherman and you caught this magnificent, awesome fish. Guys who are fishermen here, is that experience better if you got another guy there sharing it with you or maybe your family? Or is it better if you just caught that fish totally alone? You, know, you, you want other people to rejoice and for the rest of your life when you get together, you, go, you remember when you caught that great big old fish, you know? And so forth and so on. So we need to understand this sympathetic heart. <clears throat> a little girl who was late coming home for supper 
Her mother made the expected, irate parents demand to know where she had been. The little girl replied that she had stopped to help Janie, whose bicycle had broken when she fell. But you don't know anything about fixing bicycles, her mother said. I know that, the girl said. I just stopped and helped her cry. As a wise little girl, a very wise little girl. And there's times when we're called upon to help somebody cry. You know, we cry with them, and there's times when we rejoice with them at some great, wonderful thing in their lives. Now, when a teenager gets a pample, do you say, that's no big deal? Well, if you remember when you were a teenager, it is a big deal, you know. It really is. Maybe it's not anymore. Well, we were talking about these uh, elements of kindness. First, we talked about being sensitive. We talked about being supportive. We talked about being sympathetic. Now, I have another one here I want to talk about being straightforward. Being straightforward. Being honest. He says here in Proverbs 27, verse 6, Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. See, true kindness is most often straightforward. It's, it's honest. And you've heard this term, I'm sure, you know, that real friends don't let friends drive drunk because you don't want them to be in an accident and, and get killed or, or hurt themselves or hurt somebody else. And if you've ever been in a situation where you took the keys from someone who was not in a good frame of mind to be driving, they would often get upset with you. They would until later on and they go, thank you so much, you're a, you're a, true, a true friend. You know. And we're talking about being sympathetic. A real friend doesn't say, oh, that's none of my business, you know. Psalms 141, verse 5 says, Let the godly strike me. It will be a kindness. If they reprove me, it is soothing medicine. If the godly were to strike me, to prevent me from doing something harmful, it would be a kindness. If, if they reprove me, if they correct me, it's a soothing medicine. See, a, a true, true friend, and that's just like a mama, you're talking about, are, are straightforward. They teach you truth. They teach you truth and they, they help you, you know. And uh, I'd like to, to read that verse 5 again in the Message Bible. May the just one set me straight. May the kind one correct me. May the just one set me straight. May the kind one correct me. That's what he's talking about. Now, Without Jesus as our Savior, where will we ultimately be? In hell. Lost. We will be lost. And ultimately, the Bible says there is a real genuine heaven, and he welcomes everybody there. You know, if you'll just believe him and trust him. But if we reject Christ, there's only other one place that's left, and there's a place that's called hell. And that's just absolutely the truth. But we don't have to go there. Listen to what Jesus said here in John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one can come to the Father who's in heaven, Jesus says, except through me. And that's why we have crosses. Because Jesus came and he died and he gave his life on a cross. And he paid for all of our sins. And then he rose from the dead and he'll come into our lives if we'll believe in him and accept him. But he says, I am the way. There is not another way. I am the truth. I'm not a lie. There's a lot of lies out there. And he says, I'm the life. And no one, this is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, no one can come to the Father in, in heaven except through me. You know, to be a, a kind one, you must be sensitive. These are the elements that we were talking about. To be a kind one, you must be supportive. You, you must be sympathetic. You must be straightforward. And the very last one, the fifth element of kindness is to be spontaneous. And uh, it says here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Whenever we have the opportunity. Oh, oh, oh wait just a second. Happy Mother's Day. Well, thank you. Those are beautiful. And I trimmed them with my very own pocket knife. You did good. Uh, yeah. You did good. Honey, thank you they're, so much. They're beautiful. They're special for you. Thank you. Now listen to what the scripture says here. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Whenever we have opportunity, we should... Don't wait. When we have opportunity, it's telling us, don't wait. Whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone. And what percentage is everyone? 100%. 100%. When we have an opportunity, we're to do good to everyone. Especially to our Christian brothers and sisters. Now, have you ever thought, hey, I need to write a note to so-and-so? Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought, you know, I need to, to visit? Or, or maybe, hey, I, I need to make a phone call. Or I need to make an email, send an email or send a text, you know. I need to smile when I see so-and-so in the future. I need to shake someone's hand. I need to hug a neck. Have you ever, anything like that, have you ever felt that nudge just for a second and then you just blew right by it and you didn't do anything? Mm -hmm. yeah. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to our Christian brothers and sisters. You know what? When I came to church this morning, do y'all remember the, the plant I talked about a little bit last week? The dandelions, they were covered in the front yard of the church, you know. Well, when I came in today, there was a young lady who was a part of our church. She met me as I was walking up the aisle here, and she said, Pastor Ron, you got to try this. And I'm going, okay. And it's, it's, it's smart water. I definitely need something to help me be smart. <laughs> and it's dandelion water. Seriously, you know. And you can tell I took a swig of it while I was preaching last service. He did <sighs> mow the dandelions, as you noticed on the front lawn. But at our house, before he mowed, we did gather dandelions this week and we fried them, dipped them. It does. It tastes kind of like a dandelion. <laughs> it has a little lemon in it and dandelion. But uh, this past week, <clears throat> what a blessing it was to me. Uh, very good doctor friend of mine. He sent me a picture that came in one of his medical journals, 
had a picture of a dandelion, and it told how healthy dandelions are for you. And he said, and we learned this in church last week. How about that? You know, it's like, that's pretty amazing. And we learned today that honey is good for you, you know. You learn all kinds of things when you get to church, you know. But we did. We had a, a big dish of dandelions for lunch this past week. You just pick the flower. I told you about it last week. Give them a little bit of, I use gluten-free batter, and put them in some olive oil, and they're absolutely delicious. And top it off, they're extremely healthy for you. But I have to be honest. It was tedious dipping them and frying them. And after about three big panfuls, I'm like, okay. I dumped all the rest of the dandelions into the batter and made dandelion pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> and I came in and put some syrup on them and ate a couple more, you know. They were delicious. And, you know, it's just amazing what we can learn and, and being spontaneous. He sent me that note. You know, and, and this young lady, she said, hey, I was wondering you would like this. And it's like, she's 100% right, you know. But let us be spontaneous and act upon what God nudges us to do. Speaking of being spontaneous, uh, Ronnie's mom is here. And as our kids were little growing up um, and she would come up for a visit, it, it, often she would wake one of them up in the middle of the night, unbeknownst to us, we were sleeping, and she would go and take that one, and they would have a picnic under the kitchen table and uh, make memories. So, and they know, did often. Be creative, be spontaneous, make good memories. And all my kids talk about when they used to have picnics under our kitchen table at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Why not? They'll remember that for the rest of their life, you know, by being spontaneous, you know. Anyhow... You know, the, the scripture helps us to understand as we're looking here that the kindness, it transforms people. It changes the world. It, it makes history. Philippians chapter 1 verse 7 said, I myself have gained much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because your kindness has so often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Has your kindness often refreshed other people? It can isn't that a positive word, refreshed? Mm -hmm. Kindness refreshes us. It genuinely does. Have you ever gotten into an argument or something other and it just pulls the life out of you, you know? But kindness, oh, wow, thank you. I needed to hear that. I think everybody needs refreshing these days. I think you're right. So we need to look for those opportunities. And you know what? To be kind. Some of the greatest refreshing words we'll ever have, we discover in God's word. And as we learn those and we share those with other people, you know. Opportunities to show kindness, they don't last. So seize the moment when they're in front of you. Do it now, you know. Give, uh, you know, a rose to people while they can smell them. Does that sound a pretty good idea? We can bring them where they have been permanently laid to rest in years to come but why not bring a rose to someone while they can smell them? Let's be spontaneous and, and sensitive and, and let the kindness, you know, really find its full, fullness inside of us. You remember the uh, uh, Samaritan, the Good Samaritan? And the Good Samaritan, 
he saw a need. There was a guy who had been beaten up and robbed, and he was, the scripture says he was half dead. And the good Samaritan, he saw that, and he acted upon it, and he bandaged up the guy, put the guy on his little donkey, and he took him to the, an inn there, and an inn, and the next morning he told the innkeeper, and said, listen, would you take care of him for a couple more days so he's good to travel back to wherever he came from? And if you spend more money than I'm leaving with you now, you know I come through here every couple of weeks or so, I'll pay you the difference. He was kind, and he was spontaneous to help someone. And there were a couple other guys who came by before the Samaritan did. One was a priest, and one was a Levite, just kind of like a, a junior priest. And they when they came by, they probably had this, this idea, like, well, I wonder if we help this guy. Is that tax deductible or not? You know, maybe. But they didn't help him at all, but the good Samaritan did. Remember, the number one enemy to kindness is being too busy. So are we too busy? Think about that. Kindness costs. Are you so busy you don't have time for anything except your own personal agenda? You know, that's not like our moms were. They made time for us. My mom still makes time for us. She's always asking us, well, what can I do? Can I help you this? I help you do that all the time. And, she, well, she's still very young. She's 90 years old. We'll be 91 in August, you know. Many people say, I'm, I'm too busy. I, I can't help you do anything, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm too busy to serve others, you know. And then, as we said before, then you're just plain too busy. And you're out of the will of God when you're too busy to serve and help someone else. You're, you're out of balance in your life, you know. And one of the kindest things you can ever do is to tell somebody else about Jesus. Because this world that we're living in can be very hopeless and very frightening without Jesus. And people are looking for hope and they're looking for peace. They're looking for comfort and they're looking, how could I pray and get my prayers answered? And, and as we tell people about Jesus, it, it changes their lives forever. I know my mom told me about Jesus, you know, when I was a little fella. I didn't really accept him full-blown into my life until later on, but I heard about him at a young age. But so many opportunities you and I have every day of our life to have the love and the kindness of God to share. Listen to what it says here in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. Not guilty? Not guilty. He declares God himself because of his gracious kindness, he declares us not guilty. And it says, for all have sinned and we all fall short. But God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. So many people I have met here in New England and we've been pastoring here at this church, this building right here for over now, over 42 years. And so many people feel like God is mad at them, you know, and that God does have a big stick and he's sitting up in heaven waiting for you to make a mistake and bash you over the, the, the knuckles or over the head with that big old stick. But that is not God. Listen as we read his nature. Yet Go now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus who has freed us 
By taking away our sins. He's freed us by taking away our sin. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could share such a wonderful truth with someone who feels guilty and know that God removes the guilt, God removes the sin, and he writes your name in the book of life where you'll see and experience life with all those who trusted Christ, all of your loved ones who've gone on before you, and one day we'll be all together again. How hope-filled is that? An eight-year-old daughter did something which caused her to feel alienated from her mother. Although her mother tried her best to help, the daughter finally ran out of the room in anger and went upstairs. Seeing her mother's new dress laid out for a party that evening, she found scissors and vented her hostility by ruining her mother's new dress, seeking to injure her mom. Later, the mother came upstairs, saw the dress, threw herself on the bed and wept. Soon, the small daughter came into the room and whispered, Mother, but there was no reply. Mother, mother, she repeated, still no reply. Mother, mother, please, she continued. Finally, the mother responded, Please what? Please take me back. Please take me back, pleaded the little girl. The love and kindness of Christ takes us back, even after we have intentionally done him wrong. Christ will always forgive us. If we will come to him and ask him for help, he will always forgive us. He'll take us back because he loves us. He cares about us. He genuinely does. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 1 says, As God's partners, we beg you not to reject this marvelous message. A marvelous message. Don't reject it. It's so good. It's so wonderful. It's so life-changing. This marvelous message of God's great kindness. For and, and this kindness is not just toward pastors, pastors' wives. Uh, it's toward everybody. It's toward all the people in the church. And, and this message is toward everybody outside the church. This message that God loves us and God cares about us and God forgives us. That's what he's talking about. And this is a great kindness toward all mankind. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, God is ready to help you right now. Today is the day of salvation. He says, I heard you. I helped you. And I'm ready to help you right now. Today is the day of salvation. That's in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1 through 2. And then Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 it says. So we praise God for the wonderful kindness he has poured out on us because we belong to his dearly loved son. He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. He has showered his kindness on us. He has showered his kindness on us. And such showering of blessings come from our moms so oftentimes. And you can see the nature of God in them. Let's read one more verse. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. The Lord's servants must not quarrel. Must not quarrel. You understand what I'm talking about? I said to you, know what I'm talking about. You understand what it means to quarrel? Yeah. <laughs> the Lord's servants must not quarrel. And he says, must not quarrel. Must not. How do you feel when you quarrel? 
crummy. Yeah, it just it drains <laughs> the life out of you, doesn't it? Even if we're just clowning around teasing about it. But the Bible tells us that kind words is like honey. It's healthy to us. And it refreshes us. But when you're quarreling us, quarreling, it just depletes that from you. Let's read it one more time. The Lord's servants must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. And what percentage is everyone? 100%. 100%. The Lord's servants must be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach. That's what mothers do. And they must be patient with difficult people. You ever had to deal with a difficult people? Mm-hmm. Was you probably a difficult person at once in your life? Yep. Maybe still? <laughs> Say, don't push it, Pastor Ron. Okay, you know. The mark of a, a Christ-like person, it is kindness. And you can see kindness and you can feel it. It's love, it's in action, and it impacts the world in which we live. It really makes history in our life, you know, genuinely does. The mark of a Christ-like person is always kindness. It's love in action. The Romans used, used to confuse these two Greek words. One was Christos, which means Christ or Christian, and Christos, which means kind. And, and they were always confusing Christian and kindness, these two words. And can you think of any two words that are better and ought to be synonyms than that? Because to be a Christian, you should be kind. These, these words go to, together like peanut butter and jelly, I think. Well, I want to give you a homework assignment, okay? So I challenge you to find a place to serve. Now, yeah, you can serve at Faith Living Church, but you can serve in your town. You can serve in your community. You can serve in, in, in your family. Find a place to serve. And, and do it as an act of kindness. When you go and you find a place to serve, and this is a real homework assignment. You know, when you find a place to serve, you don't go, I've got to do this. Pastor Ron said I have to. And I won't do it, but I don't like it. That's not what we're talking about. You understand? That's not very kind, is it? So I challenge you to find a place to serve and do it as an act of kindness. And I challenge you to do seven secret acts of kindness secret acts of kindness to those around you and don't tell them who did it. Does that make sense? You you don't hint like, hey, did did you notice those flowers? Did did, did you notice those flowers over there? Yes, I did. Don't hint, you know, about it. You know, uh, don't, well, hey, did you notice the bathroom was clean? Uh, uh, Did you notice that the car was washed? Did you notice that when you went shopping for three hours and the baby has a fresh diaper on, you know, you don't hint. You just let that go where it may, and you will reap the benefits of, of that. And so do seven secret acts of kindness to those who are around you, and don't tell them or hint toward them, you know, because it genuinely changes the world. And it really is writing history. So what I want to do right now, and we're going to dismiss in just a couple moments, I'd like to pray, us all to pray and use our faith to pray for the moms here in this room today. And if you're at home, even when you're watching us online, I'd like you to stand for just a moment, if you don't mind. 
Oh, you mamas. Stan, is that okay? Yep. But not just the mamas. All the ladies and all the little girls, whoever's in here, I see some guys sitting back down now, okay. <laughs> and I'd like the rest of us to join our faith together and just pronounce a blessing on these. Papa God, we just come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We thank you for all these ladies, the, the, the young ones and the older ones and the little girls and, and those who have children and those who have the heart of a mama but can't have children and those who just love people. Papa God, we ask you to bless these women. Yes. Bless these mamas and those who would want to be mamas or can't and who may be mamas another day or just have the heart of a mama for others. Bless each and every one of them. And I ask that you'd encourage them yes. and cause them to know how special they are to you. And fill them continually with your kindness and your, your uh, elements of kindness that will just change people's lives as it helps write their history. Bless these women, Papa God, who've given so sacrificially in so many ways. They've been so unselfish. Bless them, Almighty God. And all that you give us as believers, the ability to bless with, yes. we all join our faith and we ask you to bless these mamas and these ladies. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. You may be seated, but let's give them applause as they And, and what I'd like to do is let you know that at the end of the service, which is just another minute, as you leave out the doors, there'll be buckets of roses, and we would hope that you would take a rose with you. And I think I might have already told you they could be dangerous just a wee bit because some of them didn't have all their thorns pulled off. Something about job security or something, I don't know. <laughs> but just be careful. They're beautiful roses, but they might have one thorn left in there. And you know what? That might be the making of another message about thorns. You know, Jesus did wear a crown of thorns for us, did he not? Wow, he surely did. But so, we want to honor you. So the roses are for all the, all the females, young yes. and older. Absolutely. Every, every girl and, uh, and every mom, every lady. But what I'd like to do, I'd like to reaffirm our faith in Christ on this Mother's Day before we leave. And if we could just reaffirm our faith in Christ on this Mother's Day, how impactful that would be to so many moms, and it would be so impactful to you. So if you would reaffirm your faith in Christ with me now, and if you're here in this building or you're watching online, if you would join your faith with me and just pray out loud as we pray together. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love That's me. That's why you sent your son, Jesus. That's why you sent your son, Jesus. I believe he gave his life for me. I believe he gave his life for me. And then he rose from the dead. And then he rose from the dead. And he offers eternal life to us all. And he offers eternal life to us all. I open the doors of my heart. I open the doors of my I heart. And I welcome Jesus inside. And I welcome Jesus inside. Into all the areas of my life into all the areas of my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.